the sweet spot for being more memorable is stories and examples. That is the sweet spot. Why is it the sweet spot? Because the way our brains work is we remember images. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and every weekday I chat with today's most successful coaches, and we learn their secrets to building a thriving coaching business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast, where inspiration and action come together. Today, we're joined by Jess Toddfeld. Jess is the president of Success in Media, Inc., one of the leading business communication and media training authorities in the U.S. With more than 20 years of experience, Jess helps CEOs, business executives, spokespeople, financial service professionals, public relations reps, experts, and authors to not just become better communicators, but to create real, tangible outcomes. Jess, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Millette, I'm excited to be here and to be helping all of your big listeners today. Perfect. Now, before we jump into more about your business, I would love it if you would tell us just a little bit about you and maybe some of the things you like to do when you're not busy working. Nice. Well, the business side of me is... I was a former TV, or I'm, I am a former TV producer. I was a producer on the national level at ABC, NBC, and Fox. I did that for about 13 years. And then I left to start my own coaching and training and speaking business, where I started out with media training and eventually expanded a short time after, expanded to include presentation training and speaker training. So really under that banner of communications. And I even set a Guinness record for being interviewed the most times in 24 hours, which was 112 different radio stations. Uh, you know, I can stay up all night is one thing you know about me. How long were these interviews? Uh, they had to be five minutes long or longer for Guinness's, you know, stipulations of whatever it is that they wanted. And, and really I did that as well as plenty of TV and print to, uh, show my clients that I'm willing to put myself in the hot seat. And on the speaking side, uh, whether it's interviews like this or being out in front of other folks, I'm always looking for ways to keep myself in the hot seat. And a quick thing you want to know personal, a uh, quick thing about that, uh, family super, super important to me. And when I'm not, and you asked a question I don't often get, but when I'm not busy doing this and talking to nice people like you, then I am usually with one of my sons volunteering with the Boy Scouts uh, all around town and uh, either cleaning stuff up or going on camping trips. And, uh, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, those are some fun things for sure. Now, everybody loves to be inspired by people's journey. So the first thing I want to talk about is just a little bit more about your journey. So can you tell us about how you made that shift from working in TV to taking more of the approach of training and coaching and consulting? Well, I think like a lot of the people who are tuning in today, you probably had some time in your life where you uh, had that uh, regular job, air, in, input air quotes right here, and things were going all right, but you were at some sort of crossroads. So for me, the crossroads was that the people who are just slightly older than me who are uh, turning 40, uh, I'm over 40 now, but uh, those people who were turning 40 were either being pushed out 
were just were not really advancing, and I knew that television was a young person's game. Um, and this is actually right before social media really exploded, um, which I think it really started exploding around 2007, um, which, which is when I officially, officially left. I started my business about three years before leaving. So uh, right around that time, three years before, I said, okay, what is the future for me? What will I be doing? It needs to be something where I can use the skills that I like and I enjoy and how I can help and empower people. That's what I want to do. And I felt like maybe I could do it in a better way than, than working in TV and cable news where you're just chasing around the shiny object most of the day. And, uh, you know, so it felt a little less like I'm empowering people and, and, you know, a little more gossipy, I guess, <laughs> even if it's about the news of the day. Right. And so it made sense to me to, start out with training people to say, speak to the media or different types of communication training. And, um, uh, when I said it, there was about a three year window, three and change, probably before I left, it was important to figure out how do you run a business? Um, I, I have a wife and two kids and they were very little at the time. And, uh, I, you know, my wife would say to me, this is great. I, I see that you like helping people. And I would maybe do a phone session for a couple hours or, uh, or an in-person session for a couple hours. But my wife would always say, this is great, but how is this a business? Mm-hmm. And I, I was really glad that she asked that question because initially I said, I don't know yet. Right. But now I will find out. And that's what I needed to do before leaving, um, you know, which was a decade ago. So, you know, it's really important. And I think people listening, you know, you know, to figure out how do we get more business? How do we get more leads? How do we get better at running our business? All of these are important to figure out. Yeah, absolutely. And what I really wanted to talk more about today, normally when I interview coaches, we kind of go through, you know, the whole background of how they built up your business. But what I find to be so intriguing about the trainings and your business is that you really help people get comfortable being on stage and you give them all these tips and tricks and this great advice about how they can really present themselves in a way that's going to help them grow their business and continue to get gigs and to convert some of those leads into sales. That's it. That's it. So for a lot of the people who are coaches, you know, it's usually one-on-one. It's not about these big public speaking situations and it doesn't have to be, but the seed I really want to plant in everybody's head today is that this is a major marketing tactic for you. It's really an opportunity to get in front of more people at the same time and give them insights into, you know, what do you talk about? The insights are, what are some of the common pains that those that you help are dealing with? And what are some of the solutions? Not every solution or they don't need to work with you. Yeah, right. But what are, <laughs> we can't get tell everything and then, you know, there's nothing left. Um, although ideally there's more where that came from, but really... What you want to do is you want to highlight pains that they have and even pains and problems they didn't know they have. Mm. Very important. And believe me, people are grateful when you share this with them. They want to avoid pain. It's one of the biggest motivators that we have as humans. We actually were motivated in 
two big main ways, which is avoid pain or seek pleasure.、Mm-hmm. And of course, avoid pain is the bigger of the two that makes us act. So yeah, we need to let people know, and、uh, and then deeply uncover what those pains or the ones that they know are, so that people can decide if they want to take action. Now, one great action is to work with us as coaches, and another might just be, you know, some not everybody has to work with me. You know, hey, go get educated, go read books, go do something to figure out whatever. The issue is that they're dealing with. So,、um, you know, that's something else too. I mean, I, I, I've spoken in front of groups where somebody remembered me eight years later and either came to me or sent clients to me. And I said, "Really? You remember? I remember speaking that day. Yeah, I was in the room. I was quiet. I didn't need you at that time. And now I do. And、uh, and I work at a company where we have a budget for all of this. And and get in here. And it just happened to me recently I, again. So. Um, so no, you're. Ba- I mean, it's seed planting. Speaking of seeds, I mean you're you're planting seeds all over for people to,、uh, you know, take action one day. Right. You know, ideally they take action with you, but we want people. We we just want to be a messenger for change and get them to take any action. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of times when coaches are either just getting started or when they're looking for ways to kind of grow their business, a lot of people think about you know well maybe I could start to speak, but I just don't really know where to get started, and I don't really know what what I should speak about. What, what's a good idea for someone who's just kind of wanting to dip their toe in and see if it's for them? It's so great. Well, begin with what you know, with what your coaching business is about, or what your background is about, and think about who needs that. Who needs to hear your message? And. You know, of course, we all want to get paid, but there are a lot of different ways that we can get paid from speaking. So there are paid strategies, and there are free to fee strategies. So you could do a free lunch and learn at a local company or group or real estate office or you name it, whoever it is that you serve. You can say, "Hey, listen,、um, when th- this is what I've done in the past, when I've had a little bit more time to do something like this." I've called up a local group. Ideally, I know somebody who works there. I did it for LinkedIn actually,、mm-hmm. and then ended up working with them as a client.、Uh, what I did was I said, "Listen, if you want, I will come in. I'll do an hour. Well, you know, it's a lunch and learn. People can either eat or not eat, or, but we'll do it. You know, during lunchtime when people are、uh, supposedly available." And they put twenty people into a conference room. And I say the one thing that I that I do ask though, if I'm going to come and then do it、uh, without charging you, and I'll say you have to put a number on it that they are getting、uh, X dollars worth of value.、Mm-hmm. So what you want to say is、uh, the one thing that I want is I want one of the higher level bosses or decision makers or whoever that is to at least be in the room, you know, at least for a chunk or at least the first, you know, fifteen twenty minutes. And usually they'll say, "Okay, you know, they can turn and go to their boss and say, 'Hey, we're, we're going to get this thing that's worth thousands for for free.' You know, they just want to know that you at least saw some of it. And then ideally, you you're so great in those first fifteen twenty minutes that they stick around and say, 'Oh, this is valuable. This is something I should hear too.'、Uh, and even if they get pulled away, which ideally they stick around, they." Uh, they, they got enough of a taste that maybe they could hire、mm-hmm. you. So it's a great tactic、uh, for people who are starting out 
do the free to fee. So when you say, but what about the fee part? <laughs> what about uh, me getting paid? Uh, so, you know, you start out, they've gotten to see you. It's kind of like an audition mm-hmm. when they saw you. So then the second piece would be to say, hey, um, uh, if, can we set up a conversation about some options I have for helping your team? So then you want to have another conversation, a, a conference call. And again, you want to identify some of the pains and the issues that they have and talk about how you can, you need to diagnose like you're a doctor and you need to prescribe the solution, which would be you, and then send a proposal and, uh, or however you want to, you know, a proposal could be all fancy. It can be uh, an email document that says, here's what I'll provide and here's, uh, you know, how much it costs but provide something next and then stay with it until you get a yes or a no. Those would be a few of the steps to go from speech or free speech into, okay, now they turn around and say, okay, yeah, we'll take that coaching package or wait, we'll start with three of our people and we'll move into some other Mm -hmm. area. And this is just obviously the one corporate example and there's lots of different groups and ways they work. So how do you feel about making an offer? If you can't sell while you're giving the presentation, if you're going in on a lunch and learn, and it's really just strictly to provide value, are there ways that you could then find a way to reach back out to these folks that have been in the session, you know, a way to get their email address or a way to to continue the relationship without, you know, stepping on toes? Yes. So I will give you a piece of the secret, which is using the end evaluation sheet. Mm Mm-hmm to be able to get them to check off what they want next. So you can say back to them, you told me this is what you want. You wanted to know more about this and you wanted to, uh, you checked off to set up a conversation where we can talk about those issues and problems. So let's do that. So that is a sweet spot for being able to take the next step uh, when they're not expecting you to sell at that mm-hmm. moment. And there are times when it's appropriate to sell at that moment. Say you go to a networking group and you're talking and they know, you know, some people are going to want to work with you. And you can use a combination of those. At that event, you can say, hey, listen, uh, I have, I'm not big on quoting exactly how much I charge because there are different packages for different uh, needs and groups and the amount of time I spend and, I don't know who falls into what category mm-hmm. anyway. You know, I, I'm not a, a fan of just a couple of hours anymore because I tend to go much, much deeper with people so that I can create actual real results with them. And people tend to to buy that because they want the actual real results instead of just they got a couple of hours of somebody who enlightened them and that was the end of it. Um, so I'll say it really depends. I don't know how much you need, but let's talk about it. And then then I'll I'll provide some proposal that says, great, you told me this, and I can see you needing one of these three packages. And then I give them A, B, or C choices. And ideally, they pick B, which is another little tactic, <laughs> um, because people tend to go for the medium-sized right. <laughs> uh, option. So, And some people go for the small, and and some people go for the extra large, which is my opinion of, of the large option. Right. Um but yeah, but then th- these are these are a few ways you can get people to take more action. So when people first start getting into going out and doing these presentations, one thing that I always 
kind of question when I'm sitting in a presentation is when I'm just getting slide after slide, more information, more information, and it just seems a little overwhelming. So is there a, is there a sweet spot as far as how much information to give? Should it just be sort of a, a basics, like a 101 course? Well, you bring up something really important, which are slides. So I feel like we need to have an, a slides intervention for a moment. <laughs> With everybody who's listening in who's ever used PowerPoint for something uh, or whatever your program of choice is that, that you have slides, the only reason to use slides is to enhance whatever it is that you're talking about. So if you are in front of people and you want to talk about an orange, that thing that you eat, you don't need to put the word orange up on the screen. You can either say orange or show an orange or put a picture of an orange if it really enhances and we need to see the detail. But I want people to really realize that we only need the only purpose of PowerPoint is to enhance what it is that we're talking about, to take it a step further. And and just quickly, I'll give you an example, which is I worked with a group that was starting a stock portfolio of farmland. And they were talking about, you know, one thing that happens in this country is that we have uh, drought situations and not enough water. So they showed pictures of the technology being used where just the exact precise amount of water is being used to water these different uh, Mm -hmm. farms. And then in other areas, the wells are so deep, they're 300 feet deep, and that it would take a four-year nonstop drought Mm -hmm. to, you know, have it be a problem. So we saw those images and seeing is believing. So to see those images and see that technology and see somebody standing next to the well and they look like a dot compared to how wide and deep this well is, um, then it's not, um, you know, we, we get the point versus just saying, yeah, yeah, we're prepared for a drought. So the, so for everybody out there, only use it in a way that enhances. And the other piece, another piece to add to the equation is one idea per slide, one idea per slide. And it's like talking on two telephones at once. It doesn't right. work. We can't talk over 19 bullet points <laughs> and expect people to listen to us, exactly. right? And and read everything and then try to read and then you click and then it's gone. Now they're upset and they're asking for your notes. The it, It's a conversation that enhances. And Millette, the thing that you that you brought up about, you know, how, how much do we put in? Well, it really depends how long the the presentation or speech or whatever you want to call it, depending on, you know, who they're in front of. Really, there's only two types of speeches, by the way. Only two type in the entire world. Are you ready for them? Yes. Good and bad. (laughs) Interesting or boring. Only two. The same Mm -hmm. thing. So that's it. And um, yeah, so, you know, is there a special number? I mean, when it comes down to it, really, we only remember. So being memorable is a key piece of the equation. So we really only remember three to five main ideas when we hear somebody speak, whether we're speaking for a few minutes or they're speaking for an hour or all day, three to five main, main ideas. If you and I were chatting after watching the State of the Union speech uh, during whatever president, and I said, oh, I missed the speech last night. What, What did the president talk about? And you said, oh, well, uh, let's see, uh, healthcare was a big topic. Uh-huh. What else? Um, you know, the war, foreign wars in North Korea. Okay. Anything else? So I, I know immigration came up. What else? Um, 
I can't really remember because our brains remember just a handful. We have five fingers, just three to five main main ideas, and you can have subsets of those. So I'm not saying you know that's it. You can only talk about three things all day, but if you can chunk them into three or five main categories and then decide to go deeper on some of them, that's fine too. But just having a general sense, a, a better sense, really, of how our brains work. Is the three to five main ideas now? Is there a way to make people well, maybe not make people, but to get a better opportunity for people to really connect with you, remember what you're saying? Because I know that when I hear people like give examples, maybe about themselves or maybe even about someone that they help, a lot of times examples help me remember, and it makes me connect with the person a little better. Is is that kind of true for everyone? Yes. So the sweet spot. For being more memorable is stories and examples. That is the sweet spot. Why is it the sweet spot? Because the way our brains work is we remember images. And when you give an example, even like the farmland example, some of the people tuning in were envisioning what I was saying. And I don't have any PowerPoint slides today.、Uh, actually, I have a hundred PowerPoint slides. I'm rolling, scrolling through them. None of you can say. I'm just teasing. <laughs> Um, no, I have no PowerPoint slides.、Uh, you don't need them. We can just talk to you like human beings today, and it's and it's great.、Um, so stories and examples, and there is a magic phrase, Millet. I'm happy to share it with your with your、uh, fans and family. That well, everybody, your viewers and listeners, and, and whoever, everybody who's tuned in <laughs> to、uh, to know this magic phrase. Would you like to hear it? Sure. Okay, the magic phrase for getting to the stories. And the examples is, for example, for example. So you're talking, yeah, you're talking, you're giving main, big, high ideas, and then you stop and say, for example, the farmland folks. This is what they did, and and as soon as you get used to doing that, and 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 telling more stories, and, and we're natural born storytellers. We are. If you go to dinner with anybody, notice what happens. Everybody starts turning into, oh yeah, this weekend this thing happened. This other, oh you're not gonna believe. Oh that happened to you. Oh we're not gonna believe what happened to、right. me. That's the whole dinner. Stories, right? So we're natural born storytellers. Yet we strip them out when it comes to giving a speech or a presentation or a sales conversation because we 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 stick with with the bullet points, the data, and don't be a data dumper is where I'm going with that. So <laughs> don't do that. It doesn't work as well. You can give data points, but give a for example and tell a story. Now, I'd love to talk a little bit about doing interviews, doing podcast interviews, doing radio interviews for for folks who do that sort of thing locally. A lot of times, coaches are a little bit. Scared to to get behind the microphone to to talk to someone, and maybe they don't know exactly what they're going to be asked or what sort of questions are going to come up, and they don't want to look foolish. They want to be able to present their business and present their services in really concise way, but they just don't have much experience. So, how can you get without going on these interviews and maybe stumbling at first? How do you get the experience so that you feel a little more polished? So that you can accept podcast interviews or radio interviews. Well, of course, working with a media trainer、uh, or reading the brand new book "Media Secrets: A Media Training Crash Course" written by May. Those are two great、nice. ways that you can <laughs> tackle that. But I'll give you a couple other ones as well. 
basically practicing with, not just practicing, practicing with a video recording device. Good news, we all have one in our pocket, our smartphone. Sometimes it's funnier to say in our pants, but I'll, I'll stick with pocket today. <laughs> and, and you take that out and you either put it on a windowsill or you hand it to somebody and say, hey, ask me these few questions. And we need to practice a few times and we need to be critics of ourselves, but fair critics. And unfortunately, most people are not fair critics. We look for everything that we hate. We are our own worst critics and, and we're not liking anything. And what we need to do is we need to sort of look at it and figure out two things. One, what, what's working? Do more of that. What do I want to improve? Mm-hmm. Great. Make those improvements. Do it again. And that is a, a big piece of what I do, both on the media side and the speaking side with my clients. So, I, you know, I'll show them here are techniques for better getting to your answers or having more control over your answers. And But a mm-hmm. big piece is also, like I said, practicing and practicing with a video recording device. People will take leaps. Now, I want to bring something up that hopefully none of my past guests will listen to and <laughs> wonder if I'm speaking about them. But I do my own show notes. And I always make up audio clips and quote images for every single interview that I do. Sometimes I'll have a sheet of paper that's got a lot of things that I can use. And I actually have trouble choosing what I'm going to to use in an image or, or for an audio clip. And sometimes I have to really, really struggle to pull out something coherent Not that they didn't say something useful, but they didn't say it in a way that I can quote it. And I can't quote, you know, 10 minutes of audio. So how can people, I don't know, learn to come up with little sound bites or quotables? And how can they figure out how to stick them into an interview so that that the interviewers can or they themselves can then turn around and use that to promote what they have to offer? Yeah, well, good news. I have a soundbite quote system and when I was a TV producer, I when I was a producer, I, we used to say, you know, I know a good quote when I hear it. And I suspect mm-hmm. you're a lot the same way. It's, you know, hey, I know it when I hear it and when it's kind of wishy-washy or it's not specific, I just know that I don't, that it, I don't like it. It doesn't, it's not helping. Right. So a few of the elements, and I'm, I'm peeking in my own book for this one is using action words, bold action-oriented words. So mixing into the answer you were already going to give. I mean, essentially what I did when I left TV is I said, what were we looking for? And I reverse engineered what makes a great quote. Mm -hmm. So one is action words. I, I was moved when I heard this information. We were shaken by this news. Notice the action words mm-hmm. there. And so you're attaching or looking to see what action words. Saying something that is a prediction. People love predictions. So if I if I said to Millette, I predict in the next two years that we're going to see um, 30% of solopreneurs become speakers, mm-hmm. uh, that she would say, whoa, that's interesting. Yeah, how, how did you come up with that? I just made it up, but uh, that would not, <laughs> don't make, just make stuff up, but that would be an example of a prediction. Uh, emotions, that's another great technique. So if there's emotion mixed into what you're saying, and when we hear, you know, harrowing stories on the news, there's always emotion to what happened from those people, and you want to do the same. And surprisingly, I'll, I'll give you one or two more. Surprisingly, 
mixing in a cliche will actually help you become more quotable, even though we've all been taught in seventh grade English to never, never, ever, ever use cliches. Yet journalists can't stop themselves quoting you using one. So I'll tell you what I mean by that, which is. If I'm talking and talking and talking, and then I stop and say, "Look, the bottom line is you need to do this." You'll say, "Whoa, he just bottom lined it for us." <laughs> But it, it's really, it's really cliche. Or look, at the end of the day, this is what people need to do. And there are a lot of them like that. Obviously, if there's one that sounds or feels cheesy, don't use it <laughs> because that's not what we're going for. But this can help people to to create one in in. Advance, and I'll just give you one more. I said I would uh, using absolutes or a version of the absolute technique, which is the triple play, which is saying, "Look, people need to do this, they need to do that, and they need to do this other thing." Coaches need to be thinking about marketing. They need to be thinking about their brand, and they must take action and go find clients. If I said those three things, then you say, "Oh, something feels great about the answer Jess just gave." So. There is a formula for coming up with quotable quotes, and you know, I, I, hey, I encourage any of the coaches who are listening right now. Look, I'm being interviewed, and I'm a coach like all of you. I mean, I'm also a speaker and a trainer, and there's uh, it, the lines get blurry depending on the day. Obviously, we know when we're coaching somebody, but go out there, talk to people, do be on podcasts. So many people listen to podcasts, and it's such a great. great this is why I'm here today. It's such a great way to be in front of specific groups. So I know I can help and serve this group today instead of being as generic.、Uh, of course, I like to be、um, in the New York Times, which I've been in the New York Times or in Forbes、uh, or any other、uh, the big outlets. Those are great, but this is this is another really terrific focused way to connect with people and help people. Let's talk about your book just a little bit because you you mentioned it a little bit earlier. Well,、uh, so the the book that I released recently, Media Secrets, is my fourth book, and I actually had a lot of trouble just finishing it. So, do you know what I did to be able to make that happen? I got a coach. <laughs> I got a coach, and this coach not only helped me to help me in three areas. One was get it done. The second was what do we do to have A really legitimate bestseller, and the third was how do I monetize it? How will it actually bring money into my business instead of me feeling depressed and sad the, se <laughs> the second it, it comes out? And it's like now what? I don't know. So、uh, I'm even going to give a shout out because I, 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 we all feel good. His name is Trevor Crane. I, I think his he one of his sites is trevorcrane.com.、Uh, epic author. That's his site, and.、Um, He was great and totally、uh, did right by me, and I made back every penny. I needed to get a coach, and we all know the value of that. Yet sometimes we don't do it. Right. I've been, you know, just as bad as a lot of people. Where I mean, sometimes I've done it, and then sometimes I just plain,、um, you know, don't think of it right away. So, so he heard me talking. He actually interviewed me on his podcast、uh, about. Media and speaking, marketing techniques, and at a certain point when we were chit chatting, he had me back、uh, an extra time. And when we were on the break, he said, "I mentioned something about this book that's coming out." And he said,、uh, "Listen, you keep bringing up this book that's never coming out." <laughs> and he said, "Come on, you know what I do? What's going on with you?" So he called me on it, 
And, you know, what, there are a lot of great tactics, which for my next book, I will use one of his tactics, which is speaking your book. Uh, and, and some of you may have heard this one, but where you can speak it, have it transcribed, hand it off to somebody who can then take your words and your passion and what you said and be able to massage it just to get it into the written form and look right on a page. And then you can show up where you've already outlined all those sections. You spoke the whole thing. Uh, the next one I'm actually doing, I'm going to record them as videos and then strip out the audio, have them tra uh, transferred. So this way I have all of this great content. I can sell a, a video course for, and this one will be focused on speaking. I have a couple of speaking programs, a magnetic speaker program, some other ones that people can, will be able to get. And then, um, that's the best way. So, so for everybody who's sitting there with the book that's, that's, they keep talking about that's never coming out. <laughs> like me, uh, that I finally did it. You, uh, yes, you could go get a coach, speak the book, sitting in a room quietly just didn't work for me, even though that really is how I got the whole book done. Um, I basically, <laughs> I, I didn't find the coach until the end of the process. Um, so next time I, I will do it smarter. And, and the other piece I just want to add in, that he encouraged me, which I thought was really interesting, is doing it up in front of people throughout the process, Me meaning on social media. You know, if you're doing a book, you talk to your listeners about everything that you're up to, and then they get excited about it, and there's buy-in, and um, they feel like they're a part of it. So by the time the book came out, this is what helped when we, um, it ended up hitting number one on, on 25 different Amazon lists. And, uh, and they were real lists, not just, you know, um, foot, what I was going to say, foot massage. I don't know. Whatever is silly basket weaving. And these are two areas that are very serious to the people who right. are in that industry. Um, but you know what I mean? They, they were my actual, you know, public relations and communications, uh, or communication skills. They were my actual categories. So, um, yeah, doing it up in front of people. It's, it's super helpful for getting it done and it keeps you accountable. Right. Well, Trevor Crane was episode number 60. So I had the pleasure of speaking with him uh, not too many weeks ago. And definitely a no nonsense guy. And if people want to go back and check out that episode, I think he does talk quite a bit about what you mentioned about putting yourself out there on social media. So you, you have some folks holding you accountable and getting that buy in and getting excited about your book. So that was definitely a, a very cool interview as well. So before I let you go, I have a couple more questions. One thing that I really want to know, knowing what you know now about building up a successful coaching and training business, what would be one piece of advice that you would give to new coaches who are just getting started, something that you think they should focus on first? Or is there anything that you wish you had focused on first as you were getting going? I think... The first piece, and I guess I did focus on it first because I did not leave my day job and I stopped and I focused on marketing and how is this a real business? So I guess it comes full circle in our conversation today, which you need to figure out marketing tactics. So of course, my big marketing tactic as the guy who speaks is speaking. But it's not just limited to that, and it goes hand-in-hand hand with other techniques that could include Facebook ads or better ways to ask for referrals or 
using client uh, testimonials, or as a buddy of mine calls them, resultimonials. You want to talk about the results or get people to talk about the results that they got after working with you. So I, I, I think early on, a lot of people, a lot of coaches, it's, it's what they call ready, fire, aim. You know, we didn't really aim exactly, and we need to be a little bit smarter. So really learn everything that you can about proper marketing and, and, and listen and see what other people are doing. I have other speaker friends, um, who, you know, now I teach some of these tactics, but they said they're really doing the ones who are really getting booked and out there and are in front of people. And again, everybody, this is a, a way for you to drive more business. They're doing a combination of organic and paid tactics where they're working together. And as soon as I heard that, because I just was not doing very much paid. The reason, I'm not the expert at it. And I figured I'll just spend money and who knows what happens. Or the option, the other option is, and there have been uh, times that I've been on the first page of Google and, and right now not on the first page of Google. But when you do some paid advertising right, through Google ads, Facebook ads, and there are many other ones that are out there. There are ways, pixels and things that follow you around, but you start where you are and mixing the two, you'll, you'll be able to drive more traffic. And I just got a great lead that popped up yesterday that where a person reached out and it sounds like they have a nice, big, healthy budget and wanted a proposal. And then it was my opportunity to shine some, you know, more speaking, even the one-on-one conversation is, is something that we want to master and and be able to move people through the steps. So focusing on marketing and getting your systems down is something that everybody needs to make a priority. Yeah, absolutely. You said something in that answer that I'd like to talk about just a little bit, and that was getting testimonials. So how do you feel about coaches offering maybe free services or discounted services in exchange for getting some of those testimonials at the beginning? Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of discounting. Um, you know, I, on occasion, something comes up where they say, well, this is our only budget for something. And then maybe that can be a bargaining chip. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it out of the gate because everybody tuning in needs to eat. Right. And, and I, I'm a fan of people being fed and, and living their lives. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of discounting and, you know, if you have something of high value, you have to own it. And there, and I, I found it's actually easier to sell higher priced, uh, products and services than some of the lower ones. And I have both. I have them at all price points because some people are individuals and there's maybe just a, a little bit, something smaller that people need. And then I have the corporate clients that there's a much dip, bigger, deeper package. But I find that the bigger ones are easier to sell for some reason. And I think part of it is it's not their their wallet. It's a budget that they have. And as long as you make a, a great case for something, that it's helpful. Um, but, you know, the te- using the testimonials, uh, I, I just want to give two strategies. One is take out at the moment when somebody says, this was amazing. I can't even believe how much you helped me. Thank you so much. Step one, say thank you. Listen to what your mother told you when you were growing up. Say thank mm-hmm. you. Okay. <laughs> step two is you can take out your phone and say, gee, that was so nice of you. 
Would you be willing to say that on video so I can capture a testimonial? And 99% of the time that will say, yeah, uh, sure, that would be just fine. And, uh, and it's rare that they're saying no. Uh, I think one time I had a woman who said, Jess, I have no makeup. Why are you doing this to me? Um, <laughs> and I said, sorry. Uh, and then she, she mailed me, emailed me a, a testimonial. So that's one way. And another is I have a dedicated email, uh, not email, excuse me, dedicated voicemail line where people, again, if they're excited, they can just call up. And then I have audio of their great testimonial. It's much easier to leave an audio than to sit and try to write something out and, and copy, copy, check the copy, make sure it's right and the spelling and the rest of it. So these are just two techniques, but it's very, very important to get testimonials and reviews and the result-based ones as well. Jess, this has been so good, and I have learned so much in this short time that we've had together. I would love it if we could finish up now with the rapid-fire final five questions. The final five. All right, I'm finally up to the five. It gets to be me today. Hit me. (laughs) What's one habit or skill that's helped you become unstoppable? Speaking, in a word. (laughs) That's my whole thing that we talked about today. Yes, speaking. You speak everywhere you can. Get up in front of people. It's not just one thing. It's not just being on a big stage. It's all over and everyone who's tuning in is already doing at least one form and can expand. What's one quality that you feel every successful coach needs to spend some time developing? Uh, Their sexiness factor. No, I'm teasing. Um, One quality, listening better. I feel like it's Hollywood Squares. I wanted to give this silly answer first. Uh, list, being a better listener. So from the guy who speaks about speaking, listen closely to what people tell you because there are some gems in there. And of course, when we're coaching, we need to, we need to be listening closely. Recommend one book that's had a big impact on you, either your business or your life. Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Good one. A great, great book. If you haven't read it, you got to read it. Give us an online resource that you think coaches would love to use in their business and that you couldn't do business without. Uh, I'm going to go with having a CRM, a way to track every interaction that you have. Mm -hmm. The one that I currently use and am happy with is called Karma CRM. Karma, like Mm K-A-R-M-A, CRM.com. There are free ones out there like HubSpot or uh, Infusionsoft is the most expensive and then it has one built in. But whatever you do... Pick one. I gave you mine, mine, but you can pick one so that you can keep track of every interaction and then have follow-ups. Now, finally, how can the listeners best connect with you? Now that you've given everybody so much awesome information, let us know where to find you online, what's your website, what social platforms are you on? I'm sorry. Nobody can reach out and touch and get into No, everybody can do that. I'd love to connect with you, which is... You can either Google me, JessToddfeld.com. Good luck trying to spell my name, but you can copy and paste from whatever Millette put out here, wherever you're tuning in. And uh, Magnetic Speaker is a big program that I'm very excited about where I help people. It's a big three-day program, very inexpensive compared to private coaching. And it's one is coming up. I'm not going to date this by saying when it is, so you'll have to go to magneticspeaker.com to see the dates and to see the pricing, but uh, helping people to get out there, whether it's a stage or not a stage, 
get booked more, use it as a marketing technique and a real way to build your business out. Nice. I will be sure to get all of those links and all of the recommendations onto the show notes page. Jess, this has been such a good conversation. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. And thank you to all of the coaches tuning in. Thanks for joining us on the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. Be sure to head over to the website at unstoppablecoach.co where you can grab the show notes and check out all the resources and the links to the guest website and social sites. And be sure you join us every weekday when I interview another successful coach and we learn their secrets to building an unstoppable coaching business.